Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right, you know what that means? You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. Um, please take a moment, slow down, and, um, and join us as we um, talk about the mystery. But let's begin, as we always do, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, And through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right. Howdy, Thaddeus. How are you? Always enjoy being with you, Trey. It's always fun. It is fun. And it's like I said, it's a good momentary escape from the, or maybe not escape, but perspective, putting, gaining mm-hmm. <laughs> situations. So I can kind of get back into what really matters, which is this. So, um, family, marriage, family, children. marriage, children. That's the, that's the ultimate, well, beyond the call to mm-hmm. heaven, that's the call for all of us that are listening. Yep. So yep. sometimes you get caught up in work. I don't know about you, but I mean, our, you can. It's one of the two uh, primary vocations, right? As the Yes, exactly. So church defines it. And I think, you know, anyway, we won't get off too much in that, but it, but um, I'm grateful to be here. I'm glad you're here. And um, I think we're going to continue that conversation that we had last week mm-hmm. um, that was regarding how in the Bible, the part of the big challenge is not missing Jesus, that, that, that Jesus makes himself um, uh, present to us in unlikely ways sometimes, in ways that we frequently, for various reasons, miss them. And so I think you and I, I've got, I've got a list of some circumstances that occurred in the Bible where people missed him, so to speak, didn't recognize him for who he was, and what we can learn about the ways that we might miss him as well. Um, and so I think that um, we can just dive into that. Yeah, I think it'll be a good, good conversation. I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and so please And please I'll contribute my paltry uh, no, observations right. along yeah, the way. I mean, I've been, I've been kind of chewing on this for, for a while because I think it it's a theme in—, in um, in the Bible, I think in in the throughout the Bible, but but certainly in the New Testament, it becomes apparent, uh, particularly pointing to which we ended last time, or at least t- towards the end of the last show, talking about the last judgment that that the the goats that were going to eternal punishment had missed. And these are not the greatest of all time that we're talking about. These are the the, the real goats. Right. The real, exactly. Matthew, 20, I always Matthew that, 25. That's a new that's a new thing that I keep forgetting because goat for me always, exactly. not even just always was not a good thing. Me so, too. Same. So <laughs> not not just talking about scriptural references, just usually if you're a goat. Another example of the demise of a common Christian culture. Right, exactly. So but anyway, I I, I can start in a number of places. I, I think I think one of them, one of the ones that I think people miss, and we kind of talked about this in, in part um, at, towards the end, was was about 
sometimes we miss him because we don't really invite him into what we do. Um, and one of my, one of my favorite kind of, um, things to look at is so, so Peter, we, we, we ended last time, at least we mentioned towards the end about Jesus telling him to go catch a fish and then look in his mouth and, and pull out the two coins to pay for taxes. And that's one thing, but, but the other is, I think that, and also about him going and, and, and telling him to go back out to put his, his, um, to place his, the nets out again and, to, and for a catch in the middle of the day in a time when a normal fisherman would say, look, it's a waste of time doing it, but, the, but, but allowing him to actually intervene, um, in our day-to-day lives and particularly invite them into our, um, into our professions. Sometimes we, I don't know, people compartmentalize, I think sometimes they, they, they'll put, so sometimes we miss him, not because necessarily we miss him. We just don't think he has any business (laughs) in our, in our normal everyday business. And I think he wants to be invited. One of the great things, if you look at, if you look at Peter, when he early on prior to there, Jesus shows up and, and Jesus heals his mother-in-law, right? Mm-hmm. His mother-in-law is sick, mm-hmm. has a fever, and he goes in. And you don't hear much about anything. It's kind of like you get the impression, and this is the catechism or whatever, you get the impression <laughs> that, well, that's what, that's, what that, that's what that guy does. You know, I, you know he's not, I'm not a fisherman. He's, he's a rabbi, a healer, a prophet or whatever he, you know, whatever they might've thought he was at the time. So not, you know, grateful, but not too surprised that he would intervene that way. But soon after that, he, he, when he, when he tells him to go out to go fish, to put the, put the nets out again, after he's given a, after he's borrowed his boat to get, to, to, to teach the crowds. Then he turns to Peter and says, put your boat back out and the nets down for, for, for a catch. Right. And, right. And he said, Lord, but we've been doing this all night. And, you know, and then, um, he says, but because you say it, I'll, I'll go do it against all that his profession and what he's done for his entirety for a career would say. And he goes out and does it. Now, what I what I love is the response. You hear no response when the, the mother-in-law is miraculously healed. That could be for a different reason. <laughs> I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> but, the, but the flip side is the minute that, the, that he realizes this catch is tremendous, Peter drops and says, Get, leave me. You know, I'm a sinner. He, he, he all of a sudden, because... He allowed Jesus to intervene even in his profession, to surrender even even stuff that he knew inside and out from all of his years, allows Jesus to act within that profession. And the minute that he sees something miraculous, because and the reason he knows it's miraculous, he's been fishing all these years, he's never had a catch like that. Right. It's right. so out of the ordinary, and it's everything about it points to Jesus's the one that's making this happen. And he immediately at that point, get, you know, basically leave me. I'm, I'm a sinner. And he drops down, you know, and, and there's a conversion that occurs because he invited him into something he knew. I think most humans, we miss him because we tend to think, okay, I've got this. I understand how this works. I understand that works. You know, don't really need your help here. Um, yep. and, and so we miss the opportunities, um, for Jesus to intervene in and through even our careers. So sometimes we miss him because we don't invite him into the things that we think we actually have control over. And it, I think particularly it's those that happen. For example, the, another one is the wedding feast at Cana. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, you got to wonder, that you know, the stewards there, Mary comes and says, hey, they've run out of w- wine points to Jesus and, and points to the people and said, do whatever Jesus, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And okay. Think about this. They're, they're, they've run out of wine and they take these big jars and he says, fill them up with water. Well, these people have been serving wine all day. I mean, 
yeah, what do you, what, what? I mean, like you got Kool-Aid or something, or you mm-hmm. gonna mix up, I mean, you gotta, but they still did it. And when he's allowed to operate in things that were familiar and maybe do something a little bit different than we might think and allow him to operate in it, then miracles occur. But the great Mike, the steward, whether he actually knew where the wine came from or not, it was better wine than what they had gotten before. I mean, noticeably better. Right. And, and so I think, think about the, what you have to do sometimes maybe, um, to allow Jesus to work in your life by trusting him on a small thing. How big a deal was it to fill it up with water? No, again, I, I've mentioned this. He doesn't usually ask us to do great things. It wasn't like go mash up a bunch of grapes and put them in here. And I'll, I mean, that would have been a miracle too. He's just like, just go get water and put it in these jars and bring them back to me. And then it happened like that. He transformed it into not just any wine, but the best wine of the whole evening. And so again, I think there's something to be said for us allowing him to operate in things that we're familiar with. Cause I think there's a tendency on our, a mine to, to say, Oh, I got this. Or I don't think about allowing him into it. I mean, I'm so used to doing this or that. I got this. Um, and sometimes it's not even like an active, I don't need your help. It's more of a, I don't think about him. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes to not miss him, we need to invite him into and surrender even the things we're most familiar with, most comfortable with, feel like we're most in control of in order for him to do the great miracle. So I guess that's one way you can miss it. You can miss him and, and um, for us that we can learn from it. Um, hey, question. Yeah. Uh, thought about the wedding feast at Cana and correct yeah. me if I'm, I'm sure. uh, not remembering it. But uh, also I think there's a aspect of missing Christ there in that he performs the miracle after Mary directs them to do whatever he says. So they do it, performs the miracle, and they remark on, wow, this is the best wine that we've ever had. But do we have any evidence in the text that they came to faith as a result of that? You know, I think I think that that was they said that was his first miracle. So some, and, right. and some came to believe that's what John does it say that too. Let, let's look. That would be a good exercise. Uh, I think that that many that said that many believed after that. I'm fixing to uh, to find that. Um, so yeah, this is a this the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glories and his, his glory and his disciples believed in began him. to believe in them is yeah. what I have yeah. okay because um, what I was gonna what I was thinking is he performs a miracle and yet people don't people still resist so it's not it's not as if um, I think a lot of us have an inst- an instinct as human beings that uh, there would just only be more miracles than there would be more faith, and my faith would be stronger. But the scriptures kind of demonstrate that that's not necessarily the case. There's there's no, still something. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I think beyond point, that, J- Jesus points to that in with the the um, the story of the the rich man who didn't feed the the leper or whatever and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then dies and he said well you know in the parable please send me back so i can tell my brothers right because if you send somebody back from the dead and he says even if i even if somebody were sent back from the dead many won't believe you have the prophets hint, and the hint. scripture you have the, yeah you have the you have the scriptures you have all those all those things that you should right believe in right and trust that that's the truth. It's already been revealed. I think that's part of what faith, you know, faith is like we, we commented, I mean, quoted before in, in Hebrews 11, one, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then again, hope Paul in Romans eight says, 
you know, that now hope is the hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. And so there's this, again, this is part of the central underlying theme of the fact, why do we miss him? We miss him because we have previous expectations. The first one I just talked about here is, look, he doesn't want to be involved or I don't need him to be involved in my everyday stuff. So I'm going to, I'm maybe not even actively. He's not invited because I don't invite him in. Um, And so we don't get to see him. I think that it's, I think that sometimes when you see him act in work or in things that you know, it's the way that he does himself. So I think there was, there didn't seem like there was very much when he healed just like that, his mother-in-law. It, it sounds like there were a few people who believe, but, but a lot of people, even given the sign that where did this wine come from? Sure, certainly it sounds like the disciples would say, well, he went in there, they just put water in this thing. And all of a sudden this great wine came out mm-hmm. Some people are like, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a magic trick. It's whatever. It's not, I think some people can talk themselves out of it or say, yeah, that's great. But, and yet it seems like when people allow him into things that they already have, they have expectations or their experience says something and they invite him in anyway. And when something turns out different than what they expect, I think that's a way that, that it actually can get at, at you. But if it's, you know, like going to a magic show and, oh, that's really cool, and, and then move on. I think that's probably maybe the way some people took it mm-hmm. or said, ah, that's, I mean, they had it in the back there and they just forgot it. I mean, <laughs> so, I, mean I, I don't, you know, there could be multiple reasons why um, or they just didn't care. They're just glad they got good wine. Right. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things there, but I think, I think that if we're, if we're looking and we invite him in, and we and we do what he tells us to do, which, as I said, typically are small things. They're not Herculean things. That's that's how his glory is um, made known. I mean, for me, like I said, I I've told you, I, th- I think I've told this story before. But years ago, I was I was working for myself, and a lot of things we were having to travel a bunch. The triplets had already come, and Stephanie's, you know, on her own with you know six from seven to one, you know, six kids, high maintenance, and I'm gone t- two nights a week at least, sometimes three, and I'm trying to find a job. And I'm kind of looking, and I go to my spiritual director, who is now Bishop David Condorla, and, and he said, so what have you done? And I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm looking. He goes, he goes, have you done a resume? And I said, well, I don't even have a job to apply for a resume. And, he, and his response was, why don't you do the resume and let God come up with the job? Hmm. So you do the resume. And and two weeks later, the, the job that ended up getting me into banking came out of nowhere. And so I, I've had my own experience of sometimes it's like, just do the little thing in front of you, and then he can work miracles with that little thing. Yep. And so, I mean, that's, that's an experience. It was miraculous. And certainly in terms of timing, mm-hmm. um, and, and given that the priest, you know, who's your spiritual director says, well, just, why don't you just do that right. instead of looking for jobs and look, talking to people who are telling you there's no jobs like that in this town and all that God can do that. So I think the good news is that is pretty amazing, but it is. And I've had multiple occasions where little things like that have happened. Just do the little thing. I mean, I think I've shared the, the trust God, do good, and he will act story is one where, I mean, I was working for myself, and prior to this early on, we the triplets had just been born, and, and we were out of money, and, you know, had a very tearful night before because, I mean, we had no money. We had about $64, maybe $100 in the, in the, in the bank, and... And I remember crying that night. I remember the next morning getting up and, and saying, you know, I would never treat my son this way. I mean, this was part of the mystery of parenthood for me. I was like, you know, I, I, I may have made mistakes, all that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't do that. And so I was reading I was reading in the Liturgy of the Hours, and, and it was Psalm 37, which 3 through, three through 5 can be a synopsis of it that I came up with. And I was praying was trust God, do good, and he will act. That's basically 
three through five kind of condensed into versions. So that was going on in my head. So I told the kids, got up and told the kids and Stephanie pray. What I thought I needed to do was, okay, I'm going to go cancel cable. I'm going to go, you know, stop the, the superfluous stuff. But I'm like, what good is that going to do? Trust God, do good, and he will act. It's all going. I, they, they say the prayer. I asked, I asked my kids. Fortunately, the answer was yes. I, I said, do you think God provides manna today? And my oldest son said, sure. And I said, okay, well, then I'm glad you believe that. Pray for manna. I go get in the car. Cell phone rings, backing out of the car. And it's a guy who I've known when I was a little bit better off who, who frequently asked for help. He said, my, my electricity is about to get turned off. Um, can you, can you help me get it paid before three o'clock today? And I mean, I said, I mean, I didn't say anything. I actually kind of chuckled and I was like, I mean, I've got bigger problems than you was, was what (laughs) I wanted to say, but I was trying to be there. And then, and then that same thing, trust God, do good. And he will act, trust God, do good. And he will act was in the back of my mind. And then there was a then there was kind of a nudge to think, okay, check the order, Trey. Not necessarily in those words. And I said, okay, trust God, do good, and then He will act. And so I was like, oh, I mean, I've got a hundred dollars in the bank. Your bill's seventy bucks. What's the difference between having thirty dollars in the bank and having a hundred? You know. <laughs> so I went and paid the bill. I went and turned off cable. I went and did the little things that I did, and then went over to a person's to to a. a customer of mine's house walk in he said before we get started um my wife are convinced that god wants us to give you some money i I mean i never asked and and gave enough to pay for the next month and a half just as a gift and so again the small thing sometimes in in my thing it was a lot easier to give the 64 dollars or 70 dollars or whatever it was with just a hundred. Cause I mean, like, I mean, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I can't even go to the grocery store for either of those, not for with eight people in my family. So, right. Um, but anyway, I think what I'm saying is, is that every once in a while, if, if you'll allow him in and, and instead of looking for the Herculean thing to do, just do the thing in front of you, the thing that he sends your direction, that that's where he operates. That's, that's, that's where, it's amazing. I mean, you talk about amazing me to pick up a call, phone call and tell and calling Stephanie and saying, you'll never believe this. I mean, you just won't. <laughs> I'm coming home with a check. And anyway, um, so in my experience, I've had that happen. I'm not saying it happens all the time. And it, and it certainly was unexpected in every moment. I didn't think that if I'd completed the, resume that there would be all of a sudden a job. I, I wouldn't think it. I was like, okay, I'll just do what he says to do. Again, small thing that he's allowed to parlay or that he makes a big thing out of. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that we miss him because we don't allow him to act in our life because we tend to look at it with only our human eyes and we miss him. So, um, and that's in the middle of things that really matter like paying bills or, or whatever. Um, so uh, that's another one. I was just trying to give some examples of things that have happened. Yeah, and you Psalm, know the reality Psalm 37. Is, yeah. Trust in the Lord and do good, that you may dwell in the land and live secure. Find your delight in the Lord who will give you your heart's desire. I'd say that's a pretty good yeah. synopsis. And then if you read the next verse, it, it'll, it, it ends with usually he will act or he will intervene or... Whatever. Mm-hmm. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. Yeah. Right. So, I guess what I'm saying is, I think a lot of us think that it's us doing the work that that does it, and we can do that, and and often, but we miss Him because if we don't invite Him in, then He can't actually show Himself acting, and He's not going to impose. He's not. He's not. Um, so anyway. If you're going through a tough time, I know I'm. Hey, listen, I've had number of events that I that have effort. I I every time somebody, I mean, I, for years when I first heard it, I was like, well, why do the 
people that are wandering in the desert. I mean, they, he split the Red Sea for them. He killed a whole army, and yet they still gripe and are scared about what, you know, we're going to starve out here. We're going to, you know, whatever. Well, I can tell you, I've had events that I know God intervened. I didn't do anything but the smallest thing, and he did something. And yet, when I come across the next hurdle, the next thing that I can see something bad happening as a result of it, there still is, that's why I wear this, these bands, the trust God, do good, he will act, to remind me. It bothers me on my, on my wrist. So I, when I see it, every time I do, because I have to remind myself, Again, I have to remind myself because those people in the desert, is the, the Israelites, are no different than any of us. Well, so he intervened then, but he's not going to intervene now. He's not going to jump in the middle and try to help us. He's always going to come in different ways. But I, I do know and I firmly believe that he does care about each of our needs down to the smallest of needs and that while I was complaining, the most honest prayer I think I've ever prayed was that prayer when I said, I would never do this to one of my children, so why are you doing it to me? Um, that's a scary prayer, but I always end it with, but to whom else should I go? <laughs> and that's kind of what, what it had. And, of course, you know, if you pray and you ask other people for prayers and you trust and just do the next thing in front of you, he can do amazing things and show his hand. Yeah, I think what your personal experience shows and what some of the examples that you've drawn from Scripture already, I think shows how the Catholic understanding of salvation and faith or um, you know, justification and... Right. It is more proper than I think what the Protestant, the typical Protestant understanding is, because I think what you're, what you're showing and the, and the episodes from the scripture that you've pulled out just already show that it's your faith. Your faith is never something that you, you, you get it at some point in, in the past. And then it just stays there sort of static or, or, Op, you know, that tank is just filled up all well, so, the time. I mean, when you, you have to be, you have to be constantly replenishing it by, by giving it away, by, by trusting, by doing good. That's, that's how, yeah. And, and then your, your relationship with, with the Lord, you're, you're always kind of, we're talking about missing him or w ways that we can miss Christ we're always meeting him again throughout our whole life and and your life experiences yeah. bear that out we're all we're all rediscovering him all the time sort of in a, in right. a way right and and he, he 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 amazes us i think if we allow if we allow it to happen i think that you know you're you're going through situations we're being asked to show our faith you know i mean that's what james says I will show you my faith uh, through my works. Mm -hmm. they, they go hand in hand. The, the, the Matthew 25 at the end, when, when it's the last judgment, again, it goes hand in hand. It's the eyes of faith to say, okay, number one, he is with me. He's not, not just in a conceptual way. He, he is with me walking through this life. And he's not going to... Free, most of the times he's not going to unless you invite him to do anything. He's not going to say, okay, you want to handle it? That's okay. I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> but you might want to let me in. He's always going to be there. And the way that you come to a deeper faith, I mean, when we pray the rosary, you're asked for an increase in faith. You ask for an increase right. in hope. You ask right. for an increase in love. Well, the all of those go hand in hand. You fall in more in love with, with a God who you actually see <laughs> respond to your prayer in the land of the living, which is, which is what was in, math, in uh, Psalm 37. In the land of the living, it's, he wants to intervene. He wants to make wine when you're running out of wine. I mean, 
I'm not, so you can't, he's not like a slot machine that, you know, you just do it. It's just trying to stay in touch with him and know, I think I've mentioned this before, when right after the triplets were born, it was uh, Stephanie's birthday, maybe almost, so they're almost a year old and her birthday and a friend of hers called me and says for her birthday, I'm going to pray for her for something. And, and what can I pray for? And I said, well, pray for patience. And she said, I, I will not pray for patience. Give me something else. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> she hmm. said, she said, I won't, because if I pray for patience, he's going to give her things to have to be patient about. And I don't want to be responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when you pray for faith, the only way to do that is you have to exercise the faith, which means you have to be put in situations where you realize I have to to trust that what he says is different than what I see. And what I see, while it looks not like it's not overcomable or it's not manageable, that's where he's, when you're standing in front of the Red Sea and you've got the Egyptian army on the other side, that's when he becomes most evident. Like, I'm stuck. Well, I mean, I've, I've had, not fortunately not the Egyptian army, but I mean, I've had the, oh my gosh, where are we going to pay we're going to get groceries. I mean, all that type of stuff. And he, and and I think that all of us, there's nothing special about any of us. He wants to interact in that way. Sometimes I wonder, I like I wish I had more money. I wish I didn't have some of the financial stresses that I have. And yet I wonder if I didn't have those would I say I got this, you know? Maybe I wouldn't pray as much. I don't know. I'm. I. I mean, I'd. I'd like to find out. <laughs> but, but. But. But I got. I've got to. I've got to trust that that he's that. So if I, you know, if he doesn't intervene in the way I want him to, then I have to trust, even though it looks like. Well, why would he want this? Why would this? Even if I can't understand, I have to go back to. I've got to trust him. So it looks like this. But there's something else going on behind it because he has not left me alone. Yeah. And how does that occur other than in those circumstances like that? What regardless of what it is. Um I and I I think that's you're never bored in a life that you actually recognize that he's actually directing your steps. I mean, we as Catholics, we as Christians, I mean, whoever's out there listening, we have to recognize that he didn't just put us down here and say, yeah, you know, I've got you once you get to heaven. He wants to be involved today. And almost never has he intervened the way I wanted him to or the way that I expected him to. But he has always intervened in a way that made it apparent to me and to others that God did something. <laughs> it was only God who could do something. There's nobody else to point to or just flat out luck, which a good Christian doesn't believe in that anyway. So um, I think it's interesting that the way you're talking about the, the theological virtues and the faith, hope, and love and the cardinal virtues, um, you're kind of describing that there's a, there's an aspect to them where they're like a muscle and that right. you, you have to, no question. you have to, they have to be put up against um, resistance in order to get stronger the way when you're, you know, lifting weights or you're doing any kind of athletic activity, you know, you're, you, you improve those, you improve your leg muscles, your right. arm muscles, you improve your aerobic capacity by putting them in situations where they have to be stressed. And that's how you, that's how you, and well, so it, that's something that's kind of like what you're getting at about you, you, you develop, patience or you develop faith by being put in situations that require faith that require them you to exercise them yeah and so and so where do you practice that in non so i'll skip towards the towards the end but you have to practice that in ways we've talked about it last time practice are you engaging your guardian angel are you teaching your kids that there are angels around that are looking out for them are you teaching them that no matter what it looks like God is in control. God is at work. You know, I mean, I, and, and how does that happen? I mean, I went to work 
years ago, when I prior to my conversion, I I remember going on rounds with my dad on a Saturday here just to walk around because I was thinking about moving down here to work, and I go on rounds with him. And there's this person that's having this really bad problem in the ICU. Like he can't, and, he, and whatever he does, it's not working. And he said, come with me, Trey. I had no idea. He goes, I'm going to fix this. We're fixing to fix this. And we walked down. It's at St. Joseph, walked directly into the Adoration Chapel. I mean, that, just like that. And he goes, we're going to fix this now. And and he went in there and prayed, and he asked for St. Luke's guidance, and the person recovered. Mm. And so, again, I you you have to be a witness to it. You, my dad was witnessing that to me. In the event, he wasn't fabricating this. He was he was just responding to what was in front of him now, and he's like, everything I know as a doctor, I can't get this right. So, I'm going where the the physician can get it done but again that was a you know maybe an hour period of time that I was with my dad and it was just mer- very matter of fact you know you know I'm a scientist but I know I don't have everything that I see all the data that I'm getting is not all the information and so that's what we have to we have to be that way and the only way that happens you have to be put in situations I think where you recognize you're not in control and are you going to succumb to what is in front of you or are you going to say, okay, that's pretty bad. But I know that that's not the end of the story. I know that there is a God who loves me. And and whether he removes this or doesn't remove this, I'm going to trust that he's going to use this for something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the everyday Catholic Christian response to what's going on in this world. And we miss him because we want to run and try to fix everything. I think a lot of doctors, unlike my dad, would have sat up there and tried to do it, never would have engaged the great physician. (laughs) Yep. You know? So I was raised in that as a witness. My dad was the youngest chief of staff in, in the history of Methodist hospital in Houston. And, he came home overwhelmed so much that he, it's one of the few times I remember seeing him cry and he was crying. And as he was crying, I can remember him saying, we're all there. Lord, why are you doing this? What, what, why do you want me in this role at 38 years old? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is I've grown up in the response being, I mean, a lot of people, of course I deserve it. I'm a great doctor. I'm, I'm, I, you know, that was not his response. It, and it was something that was visible and it was real. It wasn't a fabricated, it wasn't an acting. It was from his heart recognizing God was doing something mm-hmm. that was outside of what he expected and was not what people saw. We have to have that, the eyes of faith that lead to expectancy for God to intervene have to, no matter what it looks like. I mean, we're living in a time right now where Catholic Christians, Christians as a whole, if they trust, should look at all this and say, he's at work here. What is my little to-do that I can do right now to allow him to do something bigger? That's the way I think a Christian responds. And too many of us Myself included, Benny, you, you want to figure out, you know, here's my plan, boom, 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 boom. You know, here's what I'm going to do and not say, what do you want me to do? And our plan may be this really big thing, and he may just want you to take a, a person that's from a different background from you just to lunch and just talk and say, hey, I just want to reach out to you because I'm concerned about this and I want to develop a relationship. That, that may be the only thing he wants you to do. And Anyway, I just, I think that I get excited about it because I need the encouragement personally, because as most people, many people out there listening, if you look at the news and you look at what's going on around us and you look at everything that's coming out, it looks bad. Really, where's God in this? Well, he's there and he is acting and he will act 
Just do the next thing that he puts in front of you. Calm your child's fear, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry, I get preachy on that, but I, I, I really think it's lacking in general. Where does that begin besides just in your house? It also begins by, do I take the Eucharist for what it really is? When I walk into church, do I make sure that my kids know? I mean, even just little things like when we used to travel for baseball, when we would walk in, unfortunately, at a lot of the churches, it was like trying to find him. I mean, you couldn't, you know, St. Mary's, it's, he's right there. Tabernacle's right there. But in other places, it's not. And you walk people, and I would say, look, we're not genuflecting. Up there, he's not over there. Where's the red, where's the red candle? And they'd look around and look around, and sometimes it was back there. So if you're going to genuflect, genuflect back there. Right. Because that's for him. And so where do we practice that? If we're not practicing that and letting them know what's, what's happening in the little situations that come in our life or in the way we handle even a confession. You know, my, 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 my dad did great with my God, with my grandchildren, with his grandchildren, my children. When they were worried about it, he got something from St. Philomena's from, from, uh, her book, not St. Philomena, St. Um, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, St. Faustina. St. Faustina. And and it was just talking about, took something out of that. It's talking about Faustina saying, or Jesus telling Faustina that I'm there when you're here. It's me there. Well, again, you have to tell your kids, it's not just Father Brian or, or whomever. That, that is really Jesus there, even though it looks and sounds just like him. We have to cultivate the eyes of faith and then be taught it and see it. And then when we get put in situations, be ready to practice it. Because like you said, God's ultimately God's the greatest coach ever. He knows what we're capable of doing. And a good coach will always put people in, in stressful situations, right. primarily to let them realize what they haven't realized yet, that they're ready for that. Right. You know, so for such a time as this, I've sent that out to my kids for, for, you know, from Esther, for such a time as this, maybe this is why you're here. I don't know what that means in terms of what it means for you specifically at this moment, but God's not surprised that you're a tw- 21 year old in this during a pandemic. <laughs> He's not surprised. He's not surprised that you're a 19-year-old and you're having a weird graduation. He put you here for a reason. Exactly. And so we have got to, over and over, it's not over-spiritualizing. It is actually just reality for what it is to tell them it's not what it seems. It's, it's, not, what, it's not merely what it seems. Yeah. I, I think what's um, really fantastic in that story you told about your father uh-huh. is here he's a doctor and he has his all of his training and the humility that he displayed he he recognized that at some at some point there is there is a reality that goes beyond it's not it's not less than his reason. It's not less than his his intellect. It goes beyond his intellect. This, right. These spiritual realities, and he was humble enough to say, "I need to draw on that, right, in order to solve this problem." In fact, I love this patient so much that I'm willing to go beyond what I what I am capable of and go to that higher level. Even if it means that I have to humble myself and say that I don't have all the answers. Right. Because I love this, this person Absolutely. so much. And I think that's what it is. Some, th- that's a simple thing to do, but we don't do it. it. It's the fact that he said, listen, come with me, <laughs> and, and goes down and spends five minutes praying. And he walked out and he said, it's, it's going to be fine. I mean, it, it was just that it happens in real life every day in your profession, at your home. That's the exciting thing. And I think we miss him all the time because we don't invite him into those things and we don't allow 
what's going on to not so overwhelm us that we don't say, look, I see all the bad. I see all this horrible stuff. I don't know how it's going to be overcome, but I can tell you one thing. My God, Jesus, who walks with me, the Holy Spirit and God the Father are at work, and they are going to do something with this. Mm -hmm. And that be the answer to it. And I've got to do my little thing. If it's run to the chapel for five minutes, or if it's whatever it is, go do what you got to do, but don't be overwhelmed by what you see. That's where the great lies happen. If you get so ingrained in what's in front of you that you forget what's beyond it. That's the mystery. You're, when you're taking care of a kid, the, the, you're, you're, you're taking care of Jesus. When you're working with your spouse or talking with your spouse, you're listening to Jesus and you're meant to be Jesus to her. And so we've got to remind ourselves of that because I'm short with Stephanie sometimes. I, I don't treat her the way that I ought to always. And if I do, it's because I don't see her for what she is, which is Jesus to me <laughs> in, in that circumstance. Oh, and there's, there's multiple times every day where I, I have an inkling that I should stop and pray or stop and reflect. And I, and I tell myself, I can't, I got to get this, you know, X thing done. Absolutely. I've I've done that today. I mean, I, I wanted to come over here earlier to pray. I mean, if we stop and, you know, and think there have been moments in my life when I've been faithful to that many, many more moments when I haven't. Yeah. And I recognize that yeah. because we want to be in charge. We want to be doing it. But I challenge me, I challenge you, I challenge everybody who's listening to not get so bogged down in what it, the appearances are and recognize and say to yourself, God is working in this. The only reason this is happening, it's one of the great ones. Well, well, Andrew, you mentioned before, at least to me, that one of the other people that didn't recognize him was Pilate. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and so listen to what Jesus says that I think is so important to recognize how it happens. He, he says to Jesus, don't you know that I have the power to let you go. And what is Jesus' response? He says, you would have no power unless it were given to you from above. So even in that moment, confronted with somebody and aware of the fact of what's going on and that he does indeed have the power to kill him or to let him go, he responds through him saying, I'm not disagreeing, you don't have the power. What I am going to tell you is, the only reason you have that power is because it's been given to you from above and it is for the greater good, even if it means my death. And so the beauty of following in that Pilate misses him, you know, he even, you know, there's, there's a little bit of sad humor in when he says, what is truth? No, the answer is who is truth? Truth is sitting right in front of you. Truth himself is sitting in front of you. And so sometimes we, we miss him in not recognizing the authority that's over us for, for the fact that even, even a bad pilot was even given authority in that moment from God and God could still work that out for the good, even though the greatest evil was perpetrated by him in those, in that, in that moment. That's the kind of faith we need to pray for. But like the lady that said, I'm not praying for patience there's a little bit of leeriness with saying, increase my faith. Right. Because if you say increase my faith, he's, if he wants, he's going to give you the faith to do it, but it is going to require some stretching. It's going to require some discomfort, not unlike a a coach pushing a player beyond what he thinks he's capable of doing, but the coach knows you're capable of doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when bad things happen, I tend to tell people, when bad things are happening, God must love you. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're, as long as you're working, he's, he's, he's doing something to have you change. He's doing something to, you, to maybe have to stretch beyond what you're comfortable with. He's doing something in your life because he cares about you. Mm-hmm. And 
sometimes we miss them because we don't want to do that. And we'll go try to figure out another way out. I think also what's amazing, and we only have about right. two minutes yeah. left in the exchange with Pilate is there, this is in John, you know, Jesus is parrying with him. Right. He is giving, he is giving him responses that Pilate is confounded by. Right. To the point where I like to think there's a point where Pilate actually does recognize who he's dealing with, or he's dealing with somebody who he's never dealt with like this before, and acknowledging that is going to force Pilate to radically change his life, and he thinks about all the things that he's going to give up and what what the costs of that would be, and I think that's why he says, what is truth? Because when he says, what is truth, that's his escape door. He doesn't he doesn't have to acknowledge the truth that's sitting right in front of him right. because he's he's questioning the very idea of, but that, that's, of truth. And if you think about it, that, that 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 is the issue for each one of us. We get confronted with whatever it is, a bad situation, whatever that's going to stretch us. He's not going to push you over the edge. He's not going to make you do it. It's, he asked the poor, I mean, the young rich man, just hey, one more thing. And all of us are confronted with, what do I have to give up to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's where faith is stretched. So anyway, I, I had a great, we didn't get through all the stuff, but I, hopefully it was beneficial. I want everybody to be encouraged out there, please. I mean, be encouraged as parents, be encouraged as Americans, be encouraged as, as people during this trying time that God is at work in your life. So remember, he's also at work in your family. So make sure to pray to parent with a purpose, and to prepare for God to amaze you. And I promise you, you will. Guaranteed. Bye.